0: Hey, everybody, and happy Monday. Welcome to Make It Joy. I'm glad you're here. This is a pretty cool episode talking with a very cool woman. Uh, Her name is Susan Heinrich, and she is the founder and creator of the Midlife Globetrotter. And we have a, a very cool conversation, I think, a very helpful and insightful conversation about making yourself a priority. And Susan has, um, she has. It's an interesting story, but it's also, I think, a very common story where she uh, got, she had a, a happy life and was uh, running her household and and doing the things you do and taking care of her family. And then suddenly, her her two sons got a little bit older, and she, as many of us do, realized where am I in this? And she hadn't made herself a priority and realized something needed to change. And so that is what sparked. The midlife globetrotter. So she she uh, talks about how you can add travel into your life to help find yourself. And this is she and I have an interesting conversation about about that journey of uh, well, I guess the temptation, the the natural way or the cultural way that we all kind of that many of us tend to get lost in the day to day or in the family life or in just uh, just getting a little bit older, uh, and not having your your whole life ahead of you like you do when you're 17, and you're going to be uh, president and an attorney and an artist and possibly an astronaut. Um, and so, I, I thought this was a an interesting talk. We do talk about travel. We talk about the the difficulty it can be to make yourself a priority, and how you you really have to find strength in yourself to do that and boundaries to do that. And, um, there I found one, I found a lot of this very interesting and thought provoking, but there's one part that has really stuck with me. And that is when I ask Susan and we talk about just selfishness and when you make yourself a priority, how do you know when you're being selfish? And I thought her perspective on this was very interesting and I'm still chewing on it. And it's, um, uh, see what you think. I think the whole conversation is great and I hope really helpful for you. And her perspective on selfishness, I have found to be something I'm really uh, ruminating on. And uh, I, I thought it was interesting food for thought, for certain, at minimum. And you can find Susan at the midlifeglobetrotter.com. She's on Instagram and Facebook. And I'll leave all of that for you in the show notes. But, uh, I hope you have a great time. I think this is a, uh, hey, it's another good one. It's another good one. <laughs> All right, uh, enjoy. Hi, I'm Caroline Music and I'm a certified life and spiritual coach and I love to help women live life with more joy. My job is to completely and wholeheartedly believe the best in you and believe the best for you. I think that life is meant to be enjoyed and we're meant to live with passion, purpose, and fun. In this podcast, we will talk about all things joy, what brings you joy, what keeps you from joy and how to just enjoy life more in general. You are uniquely and wonderfully made and you are who you are and how you are for a reason. My hope for you is that you will adore being you. Build a life you love, soak up as many moments as you can, and enjoy the heck out of life. Welcome to the Make It Joy podcast. Hi, Susan. How
1: are you? I'm great, Caroline. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, I'm so excited that you're on the show. You are someone that I think is going to be, well, a real inspiration to everybody who's listening. And when I think of you, um, I might make you blush, but when I think of you, you are the poster girl for prioritizing yourself.
1: (laughs) It's definitely important to me. And it's, I think it's an ongoing process, which we can talk about, but it, it has made a huge difference at this stage of my life to prioritize myself. That's true.
0: That's, you know, I was, I wanted to, before we talk about um, your journey getting from maybe not prioritizing yourself so much to doing it. I wanted to talk about just why it's so important. And I'm curious on your thoughts about um, just why you really think it matters.
1: I think that, uh, well, just from a very practical perspective, our lives are all incredibly busy, and most of us have many demands on our time. So, if when we don't prior- make a sort of um, active effort to prioritize ourselves, our time ends up being given away to all of these things that, you know, are important and valuable jobs and family obligations, and you know, helping out with causes that are important to you. Um, but I think it's just very easy for us as women to give away all of our time. And so I think making time for yourself requires an active effort because it seems like it's not sort of the mode that we default to. We, many of us seem to default to giving all of our time and energy away.
0: That's because women are awesome. <laughs> I just think women are so great. But we're actually coming off of a um, three-part uh series kind of of why taking care, care of yourself is so hard. And mm-hmm. I think um, one thing that I have left out is just because you're a woman, just the fact that we're women in general. I think it's it's how we're made and um, certainly how we're brought up and how the culture is to to put our attention and our uh, our energy on the people around us and to make sure that they're all doing great and to make sure everything is smooth and everything is fine and then oh yeah me i'm i'm in here it's like we're the caboose we're kind of um naturally or um, taught to put ourselves last you know
1: absolutely i think it's a great point that you make um about cultural conditions um, and what's in what's been interesting for me is because I'm a midlife woman in my 50s, um, hormonal changes, actually, I think we're hormonally driven also to be caregivers, you know, mm. for to care for children. And so and because we're driven hormonally to care for children, that extends out into sort of everything in our life, which is a lovely and wonderful thing. Um, but what's interesting about midlife is sometimes hormonal changes can precipitate a desire to mix things up, and that's what happened to me. Um, but I would advocate that women start doing this before midlife. You don't have to wait until your hormones tell you to, to change, to
0: prioritize yourself. It's, you know, it's interesting. And that's one of the things that came up in the one of the last episodes was just your biology. It's something that we forget about or maybe take for mm-hmm. granted. And our body is it's wonderful. It, it functions. It keeps us from being eaten by lions. It helps us keep our, our young alive. But I think um just pointing out the hormonal effect, whatever stage of your life you're in, because I feel like hormones are crazy throughout at different points. And they peak at different points throughout our uh, journey of womanhood until the day we're done. But I think just being aware of it and noticing that it could be my hormones. Like it could be my biology. It could be that my mind is in a, one thing we talked about was habits. My mind is in a, a routine and a habit. And my mind is driven to pleasure and toward finding what's most comfortable. But I think so often, just because it's a part of going through the motions of life, we just forget to remember that our body is working in its mind for us, but maybe in the lifestyle we want, it can work against us too, you know?
1: Absolutely. No, I think it's true. And awareness, I completely agree with you. Everything starts with an awareness. Hmm. Um, an awareness of, like, I like, I like to suggest that people start with kind of keeping a checklist of every uh every way that they're giving their time and energy away and starting to just be sort of take a step back from your life and look at how it's how you're giving all of your time and energy away and in what ways is that not working for you and so it's not until we sort of um, look at our look at our life with a little bit of a holistic and almost a critical eye uh that we can start to make the changes that we need because i think you're really right we just kind of get into this default mode of being caregivers that's very much driven by our biology. And again, it's wonderful in many ways, but not when we give everything away. Right.
0: And it's, I mean, it's, it keeps the bus going, but mm-hmm. suddenly the wheels are flat on the bus and you just yeah. are broken down, which, you know, one thing you have, you have a great website that you've done yourself, which we were talking about before we started recording, which um, props to you. Um, and you uh, you have a blog and I know that you're a writer and one thing you've talked about and you're, you're pretty open about it is how you, your life seemed to be pretty fine and you were happy. And then suddenly you were really unsettled in your own life. And I, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about what that was and what it was like.
1: Yeah. In my late forties, I went from being a very content, happy mom of two teen sons and married Um to suddenly feeling like I was on an emotional roller coaster. Sometimes I was happy, then I would be incredibly sad. A lot of anger was bubbling up for me at this stage. And what made it just what made it all worse was I had no idea why it wasn't like something significant significant had changed in my life that I could point to and say, well, this is why, you know, this is um someone I care about is really sick. Or so there was no obvious reason. So <laughs> It's challenging when that happens because, you know, you need to make some changes, but you really don't know where to start because you're not sure what's going on. And so I had to um, sort of undergo this process of excavation, of looking at my life, really reflecting on how I was feeling and trying to figure out where this feeling of being unsettled was coming from. And it was a gradual process um, that I kind of went through over several years. And a huge part of it goes back to what we were talking about initially, which was making my making my, myself a priority in my own life. And there were several facets
0: to that that went into me doing that. Were you at that point, had you been a priority at all? Had you gotten lost in your family or what kind of, what was the state of you? What was your life yeah. like before this?
1: Uh, It's a good question. You know, I have a very supportive husband and I've had lots of opportunities to do interesting things, but I think um, I'm also a very creative person. So I think one of the things that was going on was I wasn't expressing my my creativity in a way that I needed to be. Secondly, I am a writer and I wasn't doing as much writing as I wanted to, so that was those sorts of things I had let the um, sort of creative and work aspect of my life take a, um, a backseat to volunteering and just doing all of the, th- the things that we do when we're busy moms. Um, and so there was that aspect. I'm also just very kind of advent. I'm a very adventurous person, and so I think part of it was just feeling like I didn't have the kind of inspiration, um, sense of freedom that I was craving. So not everyone would feel that way. That was you know something particular to me. Um, and I needed to really be more open with my husband about all of the things that I won't, you know, I felt were missing and, um, and the ways that I felt I needed to change my life. And those were hard conversations to have. I've written about that topic, which I called differentiation in marriage. And you know, it can be really hard to be honest with your partner. Yeah. When you're going through something like this, because it's scary for them when you say, I'm not happy, but I don't know why. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's 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 normal for a partner or spouse to think, what you know, what have I done, or what does that mean for our marriage, and all of those things. So it was definitely a difficult time on a lot of levels, um, and it wasn't like there was one clear answer. I think for there may be for some women, it might be, you know, I really um, would love to have a job, or I would outside of the home. Or I'd just really love to start something new. I've always wanted to work on my photography. Um, so I think it's different for each of us. And for me, there were a lot of different aspects, a, a lot of different aspects that I needed to change, I guess.
0: I think it's interesting how, you know, women, we're all so different. And as you're talking about this uh, this creative spark that you have, I'm a creative as well. And I there have been many times throughout my marriage with my husband, and really since I've I guess since I've left the like the graduate school nest and the like the artistic community where I've just I've said I just want to stay up till three in the morning drinking red wine talking about art and music and then Having a hangover in the morning and thinking, <laughs> well, none of it matters. <laughs> you know, but I just there's something about being around creatives, like creating something. And I think uh, you and I were the creative types, but there are other people who also um, may just miss having like time alone, or even just like having time baking, or being a teacher, or whatever it is. I feel like we all have these these things that make us us. And, Whoever's listening, you don't have to be a creative. You you have to be you. And so as you're as any kind of unsettling feelings come up, you want to listen to like what the deep parts of you are and what they're kind of what what's stirring inside. And so for you, Susan, while you were going through this, it sounds like it took you a couple of years to figure out what, what exactly the problem was and how to alleviate the problem. And so how did you? What, what did you actually do to find your aha?
1: Yeah, um, and that's a great question because all of the, these ideas are great and abstract, but then you have to figure out, okay, so what do I, what do, I do? What steps do I take? Because I think it does require specific steps. Um, so the first thing I started doing was what I uh, mentioned earlier was sort of taking stock of all of the ways I was giving my time and energy away to other people. Um, because I knew I needed to, um, find time for myself to pursue some new things. Um, so I started saying no, which I truly think is the magic word for women. Uh, so if it wasn't something that was important to me, I didn't do it. I started some, some practical examples. I started entertaining a lot less. Uh, because entertaining takes a ton ton of time and energy, I needed to reserve time and energy for myself. And then I had to open myself up to trying new things because I couldn't, there wasn't an obvious answer for what I wanted to do, what I wanted to bring into my life that would give me this feeling that I think women crave, which is to feel like your life is aligned with who you are. And um, so I started trying new things. I took some classes um, and one of the things that I ended up doing around this time was actually I went on a trip to India without my family with a group of with a couple of friends who were going. Having that physical space from my family, I was literally 12 time zones away from them, really gave me the kind of um, physical and mental space to reflect my life and to remind me about some things of myself that I had forgotten. Like I'm really, you know, I love adventure. So, um, started saying no, um, made my health a priority, started exercising more, um, started eating better. I was already fairly healthy, but made that even more of a priority. So I felt more energetic. I felt better. Um, and then I just started taking classes trying new things. I was applying for some jobs, but I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. So there was a lot of kind of trial and error and reflection and letting myself dream big dreams, which I think is really important because I think as we get older, we often don't let ourselves do that anymore. Yeah. So I had, I had to let myself really think like if I could do anything, what would I want it to be? And kind of, put my family out of the equation. Like, yes, I'm a mom who's still needed at home. My boys were like sort of 14 and 17 around this time period that I'm referring to. Um, So obviously, I wasn't going to be able to, you know, run off to Bali and do yoga every day. But, um, But I had to let myself kind of imagine if I could do that, what would my life look like? Because I really wanted to be open to any possibility and then figure out okay this is my dream because my obviously also my children weren't going to be 14 and 17 forever right Mm. so i wanted to let myself sort of dream and figure out what did i want the next phase to look like and how can i work towards that even if i'm still you know need to be home for dinner every night or most nights right now because i want to spend that time with my children what 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 would i want my life to look like in eight years or ten years. And so and how do I start getting that feeling now? Because um, I've also come to believe that doing little things, making little changes can have a really powerful effect in our life if we feel like those little changes reflect who we are and something that we're passionate about. And so for me, one example of that is returning to French classes. I've always wanted to improve my French and I started doing um, weekly French classes and it was fantastic. That felt like an adventure.
0: I think that's so absolutely true. I think that this uh, this idea of, of dreaming big is so important, but you can have little bitty dreams in your day-to-day that make you feel like you. And so from everything that you've said, uh, you know, we were talking about just what steps did you actually take and how can I make this a reality? It uh, It sounds like what you, in the most broad sense, what you did was you, number one, you took care of your of your basic needs. You started exercising more, you started saying no more. you kind of tended to to the mothership. You took care of just the basic you as a as a whole person and as an individual and got those uh, those basics covered. and then after that you allowed yourself to to play and dream and imagine and discover and explore and be wrong about things and just adventure. Does that sound like kind of a in the absolute most simple step by step? Does that sound like your formula that you went through? Absolutely.
1: And then the other thing I had mentioned was saying no, because in or often for many of us, if we're really maxed out in order to bring things to create space, to bring new things into our life, we have to let go of some things that are, you know, sucking away our time and energy.
0: So I did that as well. How about you give us a couple tips (laughs) as a. As someone who has gone from saying yes a lot, to learning how to say no, to being pretty good at saying no now, can you give us a few uh, tips on how to do that? Because that comes with a lot of guilt and I think it comes with a lot of shoulds.
1: Yeah, it, it's interesting. And honestly, I, I feel like I've gotten fantastic at saying no. So I do feel like it's a mu- it's almost like a muscle that you exercise and the more that you do it, the better you get at it. And of course that doesn't mean um, you're saying no to everything. It means that, like, because what happens is, every time we say yes to something, we're we we're by default saying no to some. We're already saying no to something else. If I agree to do something every Sunday afternoon because someone needs help with something, now I'm saying no to time when I just might be, you know, reading my book or. So I think um, I think it's, like anything, starting small can be great. So looking at what is one, I mean, you can look at it two ways. You can look at what am I doing in my life that I enjoy the least or that's draining me the most, that's optional. Like drain, you know, um, it can be draining to cook for your family, but most of us who have children, it's just, it's a part of our lives. But um looking at things. So I think starting small, finding something, start with one thing that you can drop. Um, like I said, for me, it was entertaining. I just said to my husband, cause he loves to entertain and have people over. And I said, I'm not saying I'm never going to do it ad- again. I'm saying for now, um, I need to do this less because I'm just not enjoying it anymore. And, um, yeah, and so uh, you've all, you know. Oftentimes, that's going to require sharing with people around you, whether it's your family, like your immediate family members, a partner, your mother, you know, a sister or a brother, um, or a committee at the school, and just saying right now. Um, I have some other obligations that are requiring my time. You don't need to say what they are. <laughs> and, you know, I need time to dream, so I can't do that anymore. And so um, starting starting small with one thing that you want to let go of. And and tell yourself, I'm not – this doesn't mean I'm never going to do this again. It means for the next six months I'm going to let go of this commitment so I can give my life just a little bit of breathing space.
0: Mm, you know, I um... – uh, taught yoga for, I don't know, 10 or 12 years. And I remember when I went through my very first training at the very beginning of it, my one of my, my instructors said, okay, when you're teaching a class, I want you to remember this phrase, just for today. <laughs> so when I would have a class, I would say, okay, just for today, let's try it this way. Or just for today, I want you to move your mat to the other side of the room. And the idea here was, it's a way to get people to you don't have to commit to a huge thing to always having your mat on this other side of the room that you always like or always having your heel down when you prefer it up. But it's this idea of just for today, I'm going to give myself the freedom to try something different. And I think that resonates with what you're saying as well as just this small step. And Susan, I swear every single person who has been on the show so far, and myself, um, we have all it has naturally come up that small steps, doing something very small is a way in. So uh, that's something that I want everybody just to pause and take notice of, because small steps is something that everyone's talked about, and no matter the topic, it's the mm-hmm. thing that people keep bringing up as like your first way into success. I just think that's, that's very, amazing. very interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I it's interesting. Um, I have I get the email the that author James Clear who wrote uh-huh. um, Atomic Habits. Yep, he talks about that. He talks about the importance of small repetitive um, habits building toward a goal, as opposed to thinking when I finally can clear away you know, four hours on my weekend, I'm going to finally work on this, he talks about taking 10 or 15 minutes every day, and the cumulative uh, cumulative effect of that. And so I think it's very true. And it's much, much, much easier when we're busy to um, make small changes, initially, and they really are powerful, because it gives you momentum, if I can do this, and, and then you can build on it. So yeah, I'm a huge believer in starting with small changes in your life.
0: I would love to know what, okay, so you've gone through your your upheaval, and you've gone through your steps of, of taking care of yourself and beginning to explore, and what, and you're learning French, which I think is really awesome, by the way, <laughs> um, and such a beautiful, I think it's a really pretty language, but um, what did you start to do to really come to life? What were your big dreams, and how did you find, how did you totally come out of this?
1: Well, I have always had Wanderlust, and Mm -hmm. the name of my website is Midlife Globetrotter. So that gives you an idea of sort of where all this was heading. Um, After that trip to India, when I realized, it's not that I hadn't been traveling when my, you know, after we had kids, we certainly had, and I'm very lucky, we've had some lovely family adventures. But for me, there's something really special about traveling without my family, because I'm not in mom mode. You know, when I was on that India trip, it reminded me how it felt to just be Susan, not wife, mom, dog walker, volunteer, even writer. Mm -hmm. And um, so remembering how it felt just to be Susan was so thrilling. And I wanted more of that in my life. So I basically realized that I did want to still be writing and I wanted to be going on you know embracing sort of more adventure in my life big adventures like a trip to india but we can't do that all the time so small adventures too like taking french and so um i ended up launching this website midlife globetrotter in 2020 and um as i came through this process of feeling like my life was more aligned with who i am as i was writing more as i was writing about some of these experiences and sharing them with other people um i started traveling on my own as my children got older i was able to do that a little more um as i did all that i just felt like yes this just my life now feels more aligned with who i am and i wanted to share that feeling that learning that sort of inspiration with other women and so i launched midlife Globe Trotter the website and have an Instagram account as well, where I could do that, where I could share um, my travel experiences from a practical aspect, you know, but, but additionally this sort of bigger theme of how do we start following our dreams that we've set aside because we were busy taking care of everyone else and kind of how can travel help us to, return to ourselves and return to parts of ourselves that we left left aside. And so that's yeah, that's where that's where my story led me to launch this
0: website. And travel is an amazing thing. I feel like it unlocks so much. And I I have wanderlust myself. I in in an ideal world, I would love to take maybe two international trips a year. And every quarter do a, you know, a, a trip throughout the US just somewhere for, you know, three or four nights uh, in the U.S. But I, I I feel like every time I travel, I I learn more. I become smarter. I learn more about the world. I learn more about other people. I'm outside of my little section of, uh, you know, I'm in Alabama. I'm out of Alabama and I'm learning about this whole other wide world. And my very favorite thing is I'm seeing just gorgeous earth. That's my favorite mm-hmm. thing is just to see gorgeous earth. <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
0: I think it would be wonderful if we could all just jet off to, to Spain for the weekend or for a nice week. But I think that um, one thing you, and you've already touched on this, one thing you write about and you touch on this is there are ways to find, well, to find adventure in your day to day, but also there are other ways to find travel just in your backyard. Like I know you just went hiking in Colorado, right?
1: Yep. So I live in Denver and we have great hiking obviously near us in the Rocky Mountains. So yeah, I just did my husband's really into hiking and he's hiking. Um, he, he does a lot of hiking last few summers, especially. And so we went on an and overnight and it's absolutely true. Um, that I think I like to say, you know, I want to inspire other women to follow their dreams and take big adventures, but also everyday ones, because it's absolutely true. Not all of us, um, have the opportunity to travel internationally, depending on what stage you're at, or even want to. Not everyone wants to travel internationally. I have a great example, actually, of an everyday adventure um, that is, I think, a beautiful kind of um, illustration of of what it can be. So I'm somewhat obsessed with France. And we've talked about Mm -hmm. the fact that I started taking French lessons again, which has been fantastic. But there's a French school in Denver called the Alliance Française and they hold events and even if you're not a student you can go to one of their events and participate in something that is you know related to the culture of france so if your dream is go to is to go to france but you can't go yet you can go to the Alliance Française and do one of their little events. So um, I just went to a wine tasting there, and it was actually a sommelier um, from Paris. So it was pretty cool. She did an exchange in Denver, so she has a connection here, and she was back and she offered to do a wine tasting, and so. I spent the evening with this Parisian sommelier who taught us about wines and we tasted all these delicious wines and she talked about the Rhone Valley, where they came from, and there was a slideshow. And I honestly, listening to her French accent, I mean, I felt like (laughs) I was in France and it was 20 minutes from my house. So I think there are a lot of opportunities to do things that feel adventurous that are close to home.
0: And, and you know, even just like you're trying wines you haven't tried before. You have uh, a different language nearby or a different accent nearby. And uh, something to add to that is I remember the, when I was younger, I was a very picky eater and I had a friend who was an adventurer and said, just try this. um, Maybe it was calamari, but try this calamari. And I began to consider food as a way to um, kind of have a little adventure. And so just like you doing this 20 minutes from your house, you're you're adventuring. And there are all of these ways just throughout the day, even if you're just instead of driving the way that you always drive, maybe you drive uh, the op- down a different road or uh, in the opposite direction or in the, in the uh, scenic direction. But there are all of these ways just throughout the day and throughout your week to have little adventures in your life. And I think what you've done is you were really flexible and you were really creative with it. And you also had your It's like you had your antenna out you're on the lookout you're looking for how can i add um, some joy to my life today you know
1: absolutely i love your example of food i think that's a great one you know going out for a new type of food can be an adventure um and more and more more and more the places that we live in have more diverse are more multicultural and have more diverse food options. So I think food is a fantastic example. Um, Taking a class, there's so much continuing education in community colleges offering cool classes, whether it's a language class or a photography class or or a drawing class, you know, or learning about art history um, or an opera class. I mean, whatever sort of interest you have, I think. And now, especially with online learning, right? If you can't find your interest, locally, you could enroll in an online class. And um, yeah, I, I think just being sort of curious and being open to anything that you feel drawn to. That's where I like to, that's why I sort of said, you know, letting yourself dream again, like, oh, wow, I used to be fascinated with, um, you know, painting or whatever it is, and sort of just exploring those things. It's, it's, it can lead to a lot of really, really cool Things and make you and 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 even if we're if we, even if we haven't found the answer yet, taking a step on the path towards it makes you feel better yeah. because you are doing something for yourself. You're being a little bit brave to try something new, and as long as you're taking, a, you know, every path leads somewhere. So as long as you're taking steps forward to sort of exploring what's going to make you happy, that's what you. That's all you can do.
0: Well, I know on your your path, I'm sure everyone's path is infinite, but you, as the the poster girl, like I said, for prioritizing yourself, do you, <laughs> where do you feel like you are on your like on your happiness and fulfillment scale? Do you feel like like you have done what you want to do, you are living the life that you want to live, and now you're just going to enjoy how you live, or are you still making changes?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, I'm really proud of myself that I've been working quite hard to build something new and a lot of it has required, you know, learning new skills. Um, I think I'm a fairly ambitious person and I had really let all of that go aside, that sort of ambition um, for some time. And so I think because I've returned to some new ambitions, uh with regards to my writing and some of the things i want to achieve i think i wouldn't say i'm just where i am and i'm just sort of enjoying life like i have a lot of goals for myself that i haven't achieved yet and so um i'm still i'm still um i'm still on that path putting one step in front of the other you know moving towards new things and and that said even if i guess all this went away and i decided well i'm going to abandon midlife globetrotter Um, for whatever reason, I would just be really happy that I did it really proud of myself that I did it because yeah, I spent that time doing something that felt aligned with what I care about and what makes me excited and, you know, about life and that I shared it with other women. So it's, it's both, I'm happy with where I
0: am, but there's more I want to do. Yeah. That I, I wonder if, um, I wonder if we ever really, I know we don't ever arrive or I guess we'd be dead, but I feel like they're like what you're talking about, you're satisfied, you're content, you're full. And I think something maybe we could walk toward is this, this idea of feeling proud of who you are. Like you've mentioned, you're proud of yourself and feeling good about how you're living your day to day and you have joy and you're fulfilled and you still do have things that you want to do. There are still things on your horizon, but I think, um, I think just, really loving how you are and who you are in your own life and always continuing to live a fulfilling life for yourself and um, be kind to others, of course, and still just moving forward. But I think the the difference here um, is not just looking ahead into, like you mentioned, ambition, just being ambitious, only i think ambition is great so long as you also have this contentment and this um just gratitude and pleasure about where you are now i think that's a great way to balance ambition and life so you're not like wishing away your life or missing um missing out on anything now in the moment
1: absolutely i love that you said um uh, you said something about being in, in enjoying the day, or being you know being happy with what you're doing in the day. I think that is really key, um, is enjoying the journey, because you you know if you're really just focused on I'll be happy when I achieve some far off goal, number one you might not be as happy as you think, and number two I mean, that's just some distant point in the future, right? I think if ideally if we can be finding ways to bring little joys, which is the theme of your, um, theme of your podcast. If we can make it joy day to day, of course, that doesn't mean that every task that we do and every moment of every day is going to be joyful. I mean, life has frustrations and challenges and disappointments and all of those things. But, um, I think enjoying the journey of all of this is the absolute key.
0: Well, you've mentioned, uh, I, you mentioned uh, that not having to wait until you're at midlife to do this. I think you're at a really, you have an interesting vantage point here. You're supposedly in, in the middle of the road, which, you know, we'll all live to be 200 now, right? So, but, <laughs> um, but you can look back and forward. Well, our listeners are, they're all kinds of different ages, you know, but you know, women who are thirties, you know, starting out with a kid or whatever their circumstances, women who mm-hmm. aren't where you are yet, also i really want to know what you think of what what you hope to do or what advice you have for women who are farther than you are maybe in their 70s and yeah
1: i think not letting other obligations to other things be an excuse not to take care of your physical health first of all i think that is absolutely crucial um to find time to you know move your body go for a walk um, and just find, and then finding little, and, and finding little things to bring into your life that bring you joy. So going back to what we were talking about earlier, we can't all hop on a plane when we want to and you know go to Italy and give step away from our obligations, but we can find ways to bring little meaningful um, aspects of joy into our life. And so I would really encourage women of any age to find ways to do that. Um, I love spending time with other women. For me, that's one way to bring myself joy. And so I'm part of a book club, for example, here in Denver. And um, having that community of women to connect with every month, and also just having that community of women that I know are there if I need help with something sort of between the times when we see each other has just been really um, powerful, brings me a lot of joy. So I think, not putting off taking care of yourself, no matter how busy you are. And secondly, finding small ways to bring joy into your life, whether it's a book club or joining a class or, you know, finding a a couple of other women to go for a walk with every Sunday afternoon. I think it's really important to have that some people are have many more demands on their time and challenges than others. And um, sometimes it's easier said than done, even to find a couple of hours for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I really sympathize. And so um, that's where I think we really were not always good at asking for help. And I think there are times when we need to I look back on my life, and there were times when I needed more help than I had. And I should have asked for it. And I didn't because I had this feeling like, you should be able to handle this, you know, mm-hmm. you should be able to manage whatever it was, and um, I needed more help and I didn't ask for it. So that would be a third thing, as I would say to women, women of any stage is ask for help when you need it.
0: That's great. That's really, really wonderful advice. And that, and like you said, your advice goes it spans the it spans the decades. I think that's true for us at any age. Yeah, um, I want to talk to you about this. Um, so with self-care and and thinking about not living your life for yourself, but living your life, I guess, as yourself might be what we're talking about here. Um, how do you draw the line? Or how do you know when you're moving into selfish territory? Um, I think that a lot of us struggle with not doing things for ourselves for fear of being selfish. And then how, how do you personally know like when you're being selfish?
1: Well, I I mean, I um how do I say this? I think selfish is this weird social construct. Okay. Mostly. Uh so I think selfish means you're, to me selfish means doing things for yourself. If you're meeting all of your other obligations, then being selfish is never a bad thing. I mean, how can we ever be de- doing too much for ourselves? Huh you're meeting your work obligations and your family obligations. And obviously we've talked about the fact that even what are our obligations can be subjective. We all have to draw a line and draw boundaries around how much of ourselves and how much of our time and energy we give away. Um, But yeah, I mean, I just don't, I don't kind of agree with that word selfish. Like in this context, if you've done everything you need to do for everyone else and you've done your job, any other time that you take for your own pleasure, happiness, joy, health, relaxation—none of that is selfish.
0: Where? Okay. Well, then uh, maybe a deeper question to that is: you're taking care of yourself, and then maybe your child or your husband or the people in your life that you have tied your—you've willingly tied yourself to—when they have needs and you have needs, how do you choose?
1: Yeah, no, and I think that's exactly like, that's the nuanced challenge of all of this, right? Every day, we have demands on our time, and things that come up. Um, um, To me, it's kind of like a gut check. You know, when if I'm starting to feel resentful and angry, I mean, those are clues that my life is a little bit off balance, like I'll have weeks that are just crazy. And then there are they were already busy. And then something unexpected comes up, right? A child gets sick, a parent needs help with something. I mean, that's just the reality. Um, I think I just kind of listen to my gut is this Wow, that was a crazy week. And all these things came up. And I didn't get to this to my to practicing my photography, which I really wanted to do. And that's okay, because I want to be there for these people that need me and that I care about. And so there's, you know, next week will be different. So I think checking in with yourself about how it feels, is it, this was unusual and I, and I needed to be there to, to do these things for the people that I care about in my life, or am I starting to slip down that slippery slope again of giving my time away more than I need to be um, when, and not creating space for myself in my life.
0: You know, it's interesting. Our bodies talk to us all the time. They are telling us what they need. And the gut check is, uh, I mean, it's don't forget your, your intuition girls. I mean, it's there for a reason. And you just, I think the key there is you want to at least take a moment and everybody, you hear your body talks to you in different ways, your body, your heart, what your soul, whatever it is, but you have to have a moment where you can pause and hear it. So the gut check. It could be while you're driving in the car and you think, how do I feel right now? Or if you're, you know, raging in the closet because you're upset, just mm-hmm. you want to pay attention, but you do have to give um, a moment at least where you're quiet and you are looking in to see how am I?
1: What's mm-hmm. going on? Absolutely. Yeah. And then being willing to have conversations with people in your life <clears throat> when this stuff comes up, you know, which isn't always easy, um, to say, um, you know, I feel like I've been doing too much of this and it's adding a lot of stress to my life and either I need you to step in more or we need together to figure out a solution so that this isn't so time consuming for me. And so sometimes it requires a little problem solving and, and those kind of open conversations also with kids. And I just want to say, I think it is so fantastic to model for our children what it looks like to take care of yourself as a woman Mm -hmm. um, and to be open with them about that. You know, if we have girls, do we want to model for our daughters that you should give all of your time and energy away to everyone else and not take care of yourself? Mm -hmm. So um, I think having really open conversations with your kids and even from a young age saying, you know, I've always wanted to do this. Showing your kids how to follow a dream is a fantastic example to set.
0: Mm, that's great you know sometimes when i don't know what to do or if i'm struggling without a care for myself i think what would i want madeline to do when she's a grown woman you know and that helps me that that's my baby girl and i think what do i what do i want for her and so sometimes if you're not yet to the point of uh, loving yourself uh, then sometimes if you think of someone you love dearly what would i want for them and then you can apply it to yourself and and that's kind of a it's a quick trick while you're learning to love and care for you but you know okay so susan you are the globe trotter and
1: <laughs> well i'll say i'm an aspiring i'm not exactly a globe trotter i'm i'll call myself an uh, aspiring globe trotter <laughs> i'm a wannabe
0: well, globe trotter i want to be that's well you uh, I, I love that we can talk about travel it's one of my very favorite things to talk about you know but I want to just <laughs> ask you several questions about travel and just get your answers. Um, sure. Okay. So where is um, the most fun place you've ever been?
1: Oh gosh. These travel <laughs> questions are going to be the hardest ones of this interview. I know
0: for sure. How about I do this? I think the most and favorite, those are hard. How about one of the most fun places you've ever been?
1: Yeah, I really love Greece. I think
0: Greece is very special. Um, The
1: people are lovely and warm. It's a very easy place to be because it's quite relaxing and it really is fun. Um, The food is absolutely delicious and it has kind of a relaxed vibe, more so maybe than some other European countries. Um, And I just think, yeah, I think Greece is a lot of fun. It's actually where I want to go on our next family trip.
0: Oh, wow. You know, my mom, I haven't made it to Greece yet. It's been on my hit list for years, but my mother used to be a flight attendant and she went several times and she has told me that the water is such a beautiful, beautiful, clear blue. Um, and is it still like that?
1: Yes, absolutely. It's this amazing turquoise color and, um, it's, it's absolutely beautiful and it's very striking and, you know, it's an interesting culture as well. So I, and I think, It's affordable. So I think Greece is a fantastic destination for um, a lot of people. It's just, uh, it can be very hot in the summer is the caveat that I will give. So if you're considering travel to Greece and it's very crowded in the summer, it's nice if you can consider um, slightly off season like September or um, late May, early June. I was there last year in late
0: May and it was fantastic. Mm. Um, But yeah, it is. It's a special place. May and early October. Just universally awesome travel months. I know you said September for, sure. but, yeah. for Europe,
1: for sure. Not as crowded, not as um not as crowded,
0: not as hot. Yeah. Okay, well, do you like to revisit places that you've been and love or do you prefer to go somewhere new? That's a question I just can never solve <sighs> for myself.
1: I think that's a challenge for almost all travel lovers. There may be some people who are always happy going somewhere new, but um, I I really like Getting to know a place and going back. So Paris is probably my favorite city, and uh, not original, but you know you can't dictate hey. the whims of the travel heart. I just love yeah, it's Paris. A classic. Um, yeah. And so for me, having the opportunity to visit Paris um, over um, several times, many times over over many years, it was actually the first uh, city I ever went to outside of North America. My friend was. I'm doing a program there in the summer when we were in in college and I went and visited her. Um, So it's always had a special place in my heart, but I find the more that I get to know it, the more I enjoy it. So I do think there's something to be said for sort of going deep into a place and really getting to know it. Um, But of course, there's also a thrill in exploring new places. So I like to do both. I like to return to my favorite places. But I also have a list of places that I'm dreaming of visiting, hopefully at some point in my life. Obviously, I won't get everywhere. So I've, I'm getting to that point now where I kind of have a, a list of priorities that I'd like to, places I'd like to get to. And um, and so both. I try and mix up revisits with new places. Mm, that's great. That's
0: a good uh, balance, I guess, is a good word yeah. there. Um Okay. So do you, when you go to a place, do you have any like travel rituals? As soon as you get there, you unpack your suitcase? Or as soon as you get there, you try to eat something local? Or is there any... Um, I guess do you have a tip? Um, yeah well, I really
1: so we were talking about food earlier and I think food is a fantastic a- um, access point for a new culture mm. and um, especially when I'm traveling solo so I do do some solo travel and then I also travel with you know friends sometimes or my family um, I love to take a walking tour the first night when I'm in a new the first evening or day when I'm in a new place, especially if I'm on my own, because it helps to orient you to a new place. Um, Usually the guide has lots of just general tips beyond what you're experiencing on the tour, and you can ask them questions. Um, And sometimes they'll even give you, you know, their phone number on WhatsApp in case you have any further questions or something comes up, you can call them and ask. Um, And so I find it's a great way to um, explore a new place. Alternately, if you if I'm not going on an organized tour like that, I will always just get my map ready, get my water bottle full and just go out and start walking around and exploring a new place on my own by on foot.
0: Oh, so cool. And, you know, speaking Mm. of on foot, this is a super important travel question. Shoes. Okay, so it's always tough to find cute travel shoes that you're going to walk a lot in but you don't want to look like a tourist so do you have any cute travel shoes advice
1: Oh gosh that's a good one you know I did something on Instagram not long ago in the spring actually um all about shoes for travel because it is a universal question um There, I do have a post, maybe we could link in the show notes on my website about shoes for Paris. And the the shoes that I recommend for Paris are shoes that could work for any sort of trip where you're walking a lot. Um, Europe, especially. So maybe we can link to that. But a few brands that I really like. um, uh, There is a brand called Geox. And Think they're italian they're available in canada as well which is for i'm originally from toronto but they're also available online and they've got very cute very comfortable sandals that are great for walking I've, i actually recently bought a pair from Nisolo, which i quite like and then i also like the brand rothy's i think anything that has there's just um a little bit more of a supportive soul can be really great for walking. And anytime, I mean, generally what I do when I'm packing for a trip is I typically go with, I know some people will manage with two pairs, but I usually take three Two have to be shoes that I can walk in all day, because one might give you blisters. So you need an alternate. And then I'll have often have a third pair that might be something like a little bit more of a dressy sandal that I want to wear in the evening or something like that. But I find that if you get two really great pairs of comfortable, Walking shoes, and for some people that might be, you know, like a runner or a sneaker. Um, sneakers are huge in Paris, so you can take sneakers to Europe and you'll look very chic. Um, so um, it might be like a really comfortable sandal and a sneaker and something a little bit dressier. Um, but just make sure you always have two pairs that are really, really comfortable for walking.
0: Oh, that's that's a great tip. And you know, I, um, I dated a pilot for a while when I was in my graduate school days and he taught me to flip the soles of your shoes up so they, like when you're packing uh, you pack mm-hmm. all your stuff and then shoes on top of the clothes, soles up so you don't get your clothes dirty um, and he would roll all of his clothes so Oh, I, I love roll. that Are you a roller? Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: I'm a roller. I also do use packing cubes, especially if I'm on the type of trip where I'm going to be in and out of my suitcase a lot because are they are essentially- Little organizers? Yeah, so they're, um, they're fabric, um, fabric uh, squares. They're sort of like, so they, they, they would be completely flat if you didn't have anything in them. They're just fabric. They're netted on the top and they zip open. And so they come in different shapes. So you can have one that you put your socks and underwear in one for t shirts, one for or one for shirts, one for pants. Um, and then it helps you stay organized on your travels. So oh. Okay, Susan, I'm
0: hoping that you can give us. I know you love to travel solo. I was hoping you could give us a almost an, an inspirational speech, an inspirational call to try out traveling alone, traveling solo, because I think it is, it can be really daunting. And I think there might be, um, and for for me personally, I, I love to do things alone. But I feel like if I were to travel alone somewhere, I would get there, and then I'd stay in the hotel, and I'd just kind of walk down the street, and then come back into the hotel. So, (laughs) um, just for chicken's sake, so could you give us a, an, a reason to travel solo and just encourage us to do it?
1: Well, it's it's so interesting. I mean, I don't think that solo travel is for everyone, and so I think it's it's a fun thing for sure to try, and it's nice if you can go into it with an open mind and just to see because. how it feels for you and what comes up because it can be a great experience. I mean, one of the reasons it's so wonderful is because it's a great reason to be selfish going back to this discussion cool. of what does it mean to be selfish? And I think selfish in a good way because when you're on your own you just truly don't have to think of anyone else and what they want to be doing. And you know, you can just sort of follow your heart and and where it takes you and if you want to spend an extra hour Walking around a museum, you can. If you wanna just sit in a cafe and people watch, you can. And um, you have time just to be with yourself. And I think that getting comfortable, enjoying your own company is just a wonderful gift. Um, And it isn't something that often feels natural for us. So I would encourage anyone to try it. And um, there are some ways to make it more enjoyable. One of them is to join tour groups like just for the evening or for the day and I think that can be a really fantastic um way to balance off the time on your own you know we are social creatures but it gives you an opportunity to um meet some really fun and interesting people and I'll give one quick quick example I was on my own in Athens before I joined a tour group um on the trip I mentioned last May and I had a couple of days on my own and on the first night I joined um a tour and had a great time. It was just a small group of us, but the tour guide and I really hit it off. And she was a lovely woman who I've actually written about on my website. I have tips from her um, for Greece travel. And she um, ended up when I was back in Athens, she invited me to go with her um, for a wine tasting that her friend was doing at his wine bar. Mm -hmm. And so had I been with a friend or my husband, I'm sure that wouldn't have happened. I probably would not have gone on that tour. I wouldn't have met um, her, and um, so some really cool things can happen when you're traveling on your own. Nice, just being
0: open to the opportunity. I think that's really, that's really cool. So yeah. Before yeah. we get into our our final questions, I have for every every guest that comes on. Do you have anything else um, that you that you would like to say? That I-,
1: um, I think really what it comes down to is becoming your own best friend. Hmm you know, uh, learning to become your own best friend and looking out for yourself like you would for a dear friend that you really cared about. Um, and that's a process. But thinking thinking about it that way, you know, um, I had to, one thing we haven't touched on that I will add is I really had to change this sort of self-talk as well, the kinds of things I said to myself in my head. Um, because that was fundamental to me being happier, and to me being braver and just to me caring about myself enough to make myself a priority in my own life
0: thanks so much this is that's a wonderful wonderful tip okay are you ready for your questions i'm ready (laughs) all right okay so (laughs) you have taken the joy style quiz uh what are you and what most what do you most resonate with
1: well, I'm a joyrider, which I guess doesn't particularly surprise me, although I don't know what all the categories are, but it, when I read the description, it did seem to fit me quite well. So that it's quite an effective quiz that you come <laughs> up with. Yeah, I enjoy taking it. It was really interesting questions. So what I think a lot of the description fit me, um, I guess what resonated with me most were um, I encourage others to live their biggest life. Mm. And then secondly, I'm just dang fun. that's right
0: that's absolutely right and i like to have fun good (laughs) um what is your favorite simple luxury
1: Um, I love a delicious glass of white wine. I've definitely, in this whole process of taking better care of myself, um, I've cut back on how much wine I have because I know that it's not, more and more research is showing that alcohol is not very good for us, but I do enjoy it now and then. So in terms of a simple luxury, a really nice glass of white wine would be my pick.
0: Nice. Uh, What is the most beautiful place you've ever been to?
1: Oh, I've been so lucky to visit so many beautiful places. uh, And... Um, I would probably, that's a tough one as well, but I think I would pick Botswana in Southern Africa. I had my first trip to Africa, um, this year, actually in March, and I had the opportunity to go on a safari, um, for the first time and did that in Botswana and saw zebra migration. And it was really just so incredible, both the scenery, but seeing the wildlife in that natural setting was just really, really exceptional.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Um, And also, you uh, you said you're from Canada, right? Yes. Uh, Where is a really pretty spot in Canada? Canada's beautiful.
1: Is it? Uh, Absolutely. It's gorgeous. I, um, I love the lakes north of Toronto, which is for where I'm from. It's a very sort of rocky Canadian shield, rocky, you know, windswept pine trees, that kind of thing, because to me, that's home. But in terms of places to visit in Canada, both the coasts are really exceptionally beautiful. The West Coast and the East Coast of Canada are both absolutely gorgeous. Um, I think Newfoundland, I have not been to, that's on my bucket list and it's supposed to be absolutely spectacular scenery. So, and lovely, lovely people. Um, So that's somewhere I'd like to get to that's supposed to be gorgeous.
0: Oh, great, thanks for sharing. Um, Okay, what is a product, a ritual or something that we need to know about that brings you some joy?
1: Well practicing French would be one my I do enjoy that although it's a little frustrating but in terms of a product that I absolutely love it's my linen sheets Ooh. <laughs> like heaven. The first time I ever experienced linen sheets was in France at a beautiful inn in the Loire Valley that we stayed in, and they had antique linen sheets. And you might think that linen sheets are scratchy, but when they're really beautiful, they're not. Actually, they're incredibly soft. I think they can be even softer than cotton and yet really light. And my the brand that I have of sheets is called Cultiver. They're a little bit of an investment, but um, they're something that I absolutely love.
0: And then it makes a difference when you sleep in cozy sheets. I, I like bamboo sheets and I have heard yeah. eucalyptus sheets are nice, but I haven't made made it there yet or to linen, but I'll put it on the list.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, any any really lovely sheets. I think that's a beautiful luxury that we enjoy we enjoy obviously on a regular basis. So I'm all for for, for in uh, splurging on some really beautiful sheets, whatever type they are. That's great. Okay.
0: What is one of your big obstacles to joy?
1: Yeah, this is an ongoing struggle with me. I really love this question. Um, I think for me, it's feeling like I don't, I still don't have enough time for all the things that I want to be doing. And I think part of that is being at this midlife stage where my children don't need me as much. I have so many, um, interests and passions and dreams and things that i would love to be spending more time on my photography would be one example um and i just even though i have a lot more time than i used to i still of course don't have enough time to do all of those things so uh just feel that feeling like i don't have enough time is something that i struggle with and i'm trying constantly i'm I'm, I'm, uh, on a journey to kind of reframe how i think about time How I think about because I don't like that feeling like I'm I don't have enough time I don't think it's true and I don't think it's particularly helpful so that's something that I struggle with
0: Hmm. I identify with that Um, what do you love about being a woman
1: I love the way that women can just sit around and talk for hours
0: I love it my heart
1: (laughs) I just I think that's something that's special with women and, um, something I really enjoy and appreciate about my friends and the time that I spend with other women, just talking, talking about our feelings, talking about our thoughts, our life, our dreams, all of it, just talking.
0: Oh, that's great. (laughs) What a great answer. Okay. In three words, what is the meaning of life?
1: That is a really tough question, (laughs) (laughs) Caroline. I'm a writer and even, you know, coming down to three words, I, I would say, the meaning of life is embracing your uniqueness. Ooh. I think that we each have, we, we, I know, I know that we each have things, and I'm sure you would agree, that are unique to us, that are special about us. And I think that I would connect that with the meaning of life for two reasons. Number one, embracing your unique, uniqueness allows you to feel like you're living your life, that, a life that's true to who you are. So if you embrace what's unique aboutness, about your sorry, if you embrace what's unique about you, then that I think will translate into sort of your bigger life and the kinds of actions and things that you're doing every day. And secondly, I think that when we embrace what's unique about us, we're able to offer our gifts out to the world. Um, and that's really what, we're here to do, I think, is figure out who we are, what's unique about us and how that translates in what we can do for ourselves, but then also offer out into the world.
0: Mm, That's wonderful. You are the only you there will ever be, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, what prayer or blessing or wish would you like to give to the people who are listening right now? I think it's what I said
1: earlier, which is I learned to be your own best friend. Um, I, I would, I would wish that for every person listening. Um, because I think that creates a foundation for creating a life that you love. And, um, yeah, I think you, you need to, to take care of yourself, become your own best friend, and then that will translate into all these other parts of your life and finding this sort of life that that makes you happy and makes you feel like it's, it's aligned with you that we've
0: been talking about. That's wonderful. Hey, can you tell us where we can find you? Yes, yeah, so <clears throat> I have a website where I talk about travel
1: and I've written personal essays sharing my own midlife experiences. And then I have practical, practical things as well, like packing guides and luggage reviews and, and things like that and that's midlifeglobetrotter.com. And then in terms of social media, I am most active on Instagram, and that is um, at midlife.globetrotter.
0: Wonderful. Susan, this has been, I I could talk to you, I could sit around for three hours like a woman and just (laughs) sit around and talk to you for more time with a glass of white wine. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you right. so much for your time and your insight and your experience. Thank you so much for having me Caroline. I absolutely
1: love what you do and your mission for bringing joy to people and I think that um I think it's just so powerful to have these conversations and I've really enjoyed chatting with you as well.
0: Okay, so that was my chat with Susan Heinrich of the Midlife Globe Trotter. It's uh, midlifeglobetrotter.com. You can also find her on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, check out the show notes if you want to find her. And there are a lot of good things that I think you can start to act on right away. How can I have more adventure in my life? Um, can I order something I don't usually order on the menu? Can I go for a walk in a totally different place that's that's beautiful and exciting? Can I go to a new restaurant or a go to a festival or there are just so many ways that you can do something small that's going to add to your life and add to you feeling like you and you feeling like you're you're you have a spark and uh you're enjoying your life and you're enjoying your day. So think about I'd like you to think about uh two things. Well, lots of things, but in particular two things. What is something very small that you can do to Add some of that adventure, like some of the things I just mentioned, like uh, taking a walk in a new place or adventuring um, somewhere that's very doable. So what's something very doable and small that you can do to make yourself a priority and add adventure and spark to your life? Also, what is something that if you plan for it, you could accomplish or do in a month or six months or eight months? So I want you to have both of those on your mind. What is something small you can do right away to add joy and adventure to your life? And what is something you can plan for that you will actually do, not just daydreaming, uh, that you can actually do for yourself and your wonderful life that you want to have? Okay? And, um, and also, I'm curious what you thought about the the selfishness bit. That I thought that was just really... That was really thought-provoking to me, and as was so much in the conversation. Okay, guys, uh, and I'm going to link a few of those things that we discussed. There were some shoes we talked about, and I'll uh, add some links in there as well. Okay, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, and add some adventure, add some fun to your life, and make yourself a priority. You, Boy, you deserve it. You are so worth it. You are made with love and purpose and You, you are wonderful. You are wonderful. So go enjoy being wonderful. Okay. You go love on yourself and, uh, I appreciate you big time. Thanks for being here. Okay, gang, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you've been inspired, encouraged, and have had a great time. If you'd like to know more about working with me, having me as your own personal coach, check out my website, www.makeitjoy.com. You'll also find all of my resources, recommendations, and freebies on there as well. If this podcast is your kind of thing, I would so appreciate your support. Please leave me a five-star review and help spread the word. If you'd like to say hello, I would love to hear from you. Send an email to caroline at makeitjoy.com. I will read it and I will get back to you. I love the Make It Joy community. Y'all are a really beautiful, lovely group of people, and I appreciate you all so much. Enjoy being you, enjoy your life, and go make it joy. I'll see you next time. Thank you.